Hello and welcome to Down to Earth Convos Down Under, episode 8. In this episode, Damien Doc Murdoch joins us to talk about anxiety, what it is, where it comes from, strategies to keep it at bay, and how to deal with it when it hits. Hey Brad, how are you going over there in Perth, Western Australia? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Ali, over on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland? Well, I'm very excited today to welcome our second guest on our show, Damien Murdoch, who we nicknamed Doc. A dear friend of mine, a coaching colleague, a mindset coach, anxiety management specialist, the founder of World Class Friends. And I cannot believe that you fit into your busy schedule. You're also the directing coach of Noosa Tigers AFL Football Club. Yeah. You conduct workshops for comedians and help them manage anxiety, which is a huge topic of today. And that's why we've invited you today to share some of your wisdom and the strategies on taking control of anxiety. Welcome, Doc. Great to be here. Thanks, Ali. Brad, would you like to tell everyone? Yeah, absolutely. So today, Damien will share his story around how he met the confronting challenges related to anxiety and how he's now dedicated years of study, investing time, money, energy, and more into learning real practical strategies on how to take charge of one of the most common and prevalent mental conditions here in Australia and around the world. So Doc will discuss anxiety, his process in helping people from giving people an awareness of what's happening in the body and the mind to create anxiety, but also around the formulation of a checklist of what to do both in the moment when it happens and ahead of time to prevent it from happening in the first place. So Doc, To open our convo, can you please give us a bit of a rundown and brief explanation on what anxiety is? Because uh, if you don't really experience it, you probably don't really know, other than maybe what you feel in your stomach before you give a speech in front of people. But maybe that's not the best um, comparison. It's a good one because, as people say, public speaking is the greatest fear that we have. So it's an example I use a lot because it was actually my biggest fear that was when you go back to the root cause of my anxiety it was one uh, my second panic attack I ever had was um, while I was speaking at a sales meeting and yeah this panic attack came on Um, so public speaking sort of where uh, where my anxiety started we can all relate to that (laughs) don't they say that people would rather die than get up in front of an audience and speak yeah I love that Jerry Seinfeld quote where he says people would rather be in the box at a funeral rather than giving the eulogy oh yeah i've seen it yeah that is a really good one and actually touching on comedy i can't wait to get into knowing you know where you help people with managing taking control of anxiety using humor yeah we're going to take the seriousness out of this i'm looking forward to talking about that yeah just lightening up the the self-talk basically so yeah we'll talk more about that but as far as getting back to to what anxiety is so before I get into anxiety, I'll differentiate between fear and anxiety. And I'll quote uh, Joseph Ledoux, who's one of the world's leading experts in anxiety. He's a neuroscientist from Boston, and he wrote a book called Anxious. So he talks about fear as being a response to a present threat. So if you look, if you think about, you know, a snake or a wild animal that's ready to attack you, uh, you know, you're in the street with a gang of machete wielding. Um, youths or whatever it might be that's what fear is so our 
our threat detection and threat response system is geared for that situation. You know, that's the fight or flight. Anxiety, on the other hand, is a response to, it's a more complex and highly manipulable response to something one anticipates might be a threat in the future. So to worry about something that hasn't happened and might never happen. So does that make sense? Sure does, that false evidence appearing real. Yeah, so it's basically yeah. taking your mind out into the future and imagining bad things happening. So it's in your imagination. It's actually not the, the, the fear isn't real. And the other important part to, to get out of that is that it's highly manipulable. So by that, um, I mean it's manipulable with what you're focused on, it's manipulable with what you're saying to yourself, what your self-talk is at. And so if I could, you know, I could tell a story, and I do this in the workshops that I do, I, I take people through, I get people to close their eyes and take them through a scenario where they've felt anxious in the past or, you know, even a horror movie, think about a horror movie or something like that. And you can take them into that feeling. You can feel it building up inside you. And then I'll switch it and have them think about the time when they're with all their favorite people dancing or whatever it might be. And you can see the smiles come back to their face. And that's that's what they mean by manipulable. It's really highly manipulable. And we're seeing that at the moment in the media. We're being manipulated by headlines and, and all sorts of things, to, which is having people's threat detection system on high alert all the time at the moment yeah because not we're not, yeah it's not ideal and we're not designed to run from the saber tooth tiger 24 7 are we doc like we're living in this world where we're just on running from that tiger 24 7. yeah so what what anxiety is is basically following that tiger around so you know what i mean yeah it's like yeah. following it around and just living in that fear all the time so what our our nervous system is is designed to switch on while the threat's there but then switch off. So you've got your sympathetic nervous system, which switches on, that's the fight or flight. Yes. When the threat's there. And then when the threat's gone, it's meant to switch off again. You go back to parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. At the moment, we're running on high. We've got that that sympathetic nervous system switched on at all times. We've got that cortisol, adrenaline through our body. And that's, you know, when cortisol is left in the body, it, it causes all sorts of health problems as well. So. Yeah, and just a reminder that our listeners today are, are parents raising youth. Yep. And in today's world, as we've touched on, these these lessons of like taking control of anxiety, they're not really talking about strategies on how to take control of anxiety to help our youth because the world is changing and it's getting a little bit scary for some. And if we don't manage our thoughts and that internal dialogue, this is going to be causing huge problems. And it already is. Like anyone going to bring up some statistics right now? I know no that statistics, the but I think, well, not from me anyway, but I think it's very clear that over the last few decades, just every year, there's been more and more prescriptions for medication to treat anxiety and related illnesses. And that's kind of tragic in a way because those medications cause a lot of side effects and a lot of issues themselves when there are natural ways to treat and to cope with anxiety and similar uh, issues that are going on. Is that right, Doc? Yeah, it is. And it, just one thing that came to mind then too, I, I tend to be a, a glass half full sort of guy now. So with anxiety, you know, it's there's a lot of doom and gloom around it, but I see it in a slightly different way. And if you use my example, uh, the anxiety that I had actually has forced me to look and learn about myself and the way and, and the mind. And so I see 
you know, because it, it is an epidemic, as I see it, you know, of anxiety. But I see the positives coming out of that is that these young people and, and people of all ages really are, are actually learning about their minds to to overcome anxiety. And then once you once you learn about your mind and learn what you're capable of, that's it raises everything to a, to another level. So that's the that's the positive I see out of it. Yeah, that's right. So we we need to get out there and spread the world and these strategies. Yeah, well, that's the opportunity. Yeah. that comes out of it. I've got one question based on your definition or how you framed anxiety. There, I know a few people who feel that um, anxious feeling seemingly for no reason. Would you say that's because they're a bit out of touch with what might be going on in their sub? conscious or do you think that there is uh an element of it just happens and we don't really understand why yeah i think it, i think it's a subconscious thing so if you think about it like every animal on the planet has a threat detection system right and we're no different so there's two million bits of information bombarding our nervous system at any given time and you haven't got time your your, your mind can't consciously process that so we're sorting through those two million bits looking for threats that's the brain's number one job right and then it has got time for you to think about it and decide it's got to release chemicals into your body to put you into an emotional state to deal with that right so that's all an emotional state is it's a bunch of chemicals and with anxiety for example there's 1300 plus chemicals get shot into your system faster than a bullet out of a gun at when your um, subconscious mind detects a th what it regards as a threat right so with with your friends you're talking about there that programming has been has gone haywire at some stage and so they're on high alert the threat detection system is on high alert and something has triggered it in, in that moment does that make sense it does yes yeah so that could be anything so that's um you know public speaking to use that example i know that <laughs> in the old days if someone mentioned public speaking or there was the slightest hint that i might have to get up and say something my whole body was totally overcome and my heart started beating out of my chest and i was out of there <laughs> and i literally got out of there a few times i just got up and and left without even thinking about it that was just my response you know that fight or flight yeah. Flew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Is that in a corporation in environment or a workplace environment? Uh, the first, the, the panic first attack that I talked about before, which is the second panic attack I ever okay. had, that was actually in a sales meeting. I was living in London at the time. And I was in a sales meeting and all I had to do was read. It was coming around the circle <laughs> and all I had to do was read something. But as it came closer, my heart was beating. And before I knew it, I was down the stairs. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I shouldn't was, laugh, but uh, we've got to bring some humour into it. Yeah, but I've had, yeah, I've had a lot of that that sort of thing you know even like uh, the business i had down in victoria i used to have to go to liquor licensing meetings and all i'd have to do is stand up and introduce myself and i just couldn't even do that so i'd just excuse myself and come back come back right. later like it was just but to me like that that the mention or just the thought that i was going to have to get up and speak i've got no say and my body just went straight into that panic response like it's it's getting ready to fly so so that's what's happening with people yeah so public speaking is one example of that but you know everyone listening will have their own own examples yeah yeah i think a lot of people can relate and so how did that experience uh lead you to dedicate years of study and investing time and money to learn more about the real practical implications on you know how to take charge of it and how to uh overcome it if that's the right 
word to use in that sense? Right. Well, that's, yeah, it's a great question because now, now knowing what I know now, the reason why that happened to me in that sales meeting in London was a result of earlier experiences. Like when I was a little kid, I loved public speaking. It was like my job to do that, you know, when something happened at school, but then I had a a series of bad experiences and I, I got, I formed the belief that I wasn't a good public speaker. So that's why that response happened to me in London at that, that sales meeting. Like my, I'd trained my body to, um, to see public speaking as a threat. And so that's the way it responded. As a result of that, what had happened, what happened in that sales meeting, I made a definitive um, decision that I was never going to speak in public again. Right. And so, so going forward, I'm just trying to avoid that at, at every you know, and you get really clever at avoiding those sorts of things. You, you avoid situ- all sorts of situations. But then what happened to me was it started off, you know, I was just avoiding public speaking, but then my world sort of started to, to close in on me. So then it became, you know, going to work. I started to get panic attacks around that. And then it just got worse and worse. And in the end, it was, I was getting panic attacks going to the local shop. It, it just sort of my comfort zone just closed in on me. And then before you know it, you can't leave the house. So your body is just seeing everything that you're doing as a, as a danger. So it's responding with that panic response. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. So then, so from that, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it got, it got pretty, it got pretty low there for a while. And, um, I had to, yeah, I had to, to, you know, leave my job. Eventually I sold my business and I moved to Queensland just to basically sort myself out, just to find out what was going on. And by that stage, I'd, you know, that was like three years after the the major meltdown when I was, you know, getting panic attacks every day. And in that three years, I really hadn't learned anything about it. You know, I'd seen psychologists and, and so on, but I wasn't really getting anywhere as far as changing this response in my body. So, yeah, I moved to Queensland. I just thought I've got to figure it out myself. So I went to uni for, for a few years, did a Bachelor of Health Science and just learned about the, the mind and the body. In that process, I I had to I dropped out of uh, subjects because as soon as I found out there there was a, <laughs> as soon as I found out there was a verbal presentation, it was just like nut nah, out of there. Yeah, and funnily enough, that the lecturer that was teaching that subject, I ended up doing a um, a Saturday session on something else with her, and I got chatting to her and told her what had happened, and so she said, "I'll oh, come and see me," and she had a, a private NLP practice, so I went to see her, and I was just amazed by that. You know, compared to what I'd, I'd done before, the the, the neurolinguistic programming. Yeah, 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 and it was just it was just amazing for me. And then so I went down more so the mindset path. Up till then, I was doing the naturopathy, nutrition, and then I just got more interested in mindset from there. And so then I got trained in NLP and hypnosis and all sorts of things. So I just got really curious, and I just didn't stop. Just kept going until until I was on top of it and I just haven't stopped, you know, I'm just fascinated by it. And now you're teaching others. Yeah, and now I'm just sharing that information sharing exactly with other people, yeah. And I might just add that we just we just announced our new podcast, Down to Earth Conversations Down Under, and, Doc, you put your hand up and said, Ali, I'd love to share. So, like, look how far you've come, Doc. It's incredible. Yeah, like, you, yeah, we've done Toastmasters yeah, together. Yeah, we've so done you, way back, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, so, we? We first met in the National Park 
uh, oh, actually running the stairs, those stairs 200 stairs in Hastings Street. Yeah. In Hastings Street. Yeah. So that was... Uh, yeah, like, but that was something. Yeah, when I saw, you know, like I'm a massive fan of everything you do, and when I saw you doing podcasts, yeah, I put my hand up. But I actually didn't think about that. And when I think back to that now, it's like, wow, that's that's wow. a long way from where... You were. Yeah, I was we're for sure, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. exactly. Well, we're so glad you, you're here with us now. And I know that you're going to be sharing with us some strategies that our youth and parents, it's everyone really, isn't it? So like, I'd love to know is anxiety, anxiousness, that's something that, I, I mean, my understanding is that's something that we all have and, and and cope with, but I just, we didn't have a label on it when I was growing up. I just feel that it's been labeled and then therefore, I, I can just share a story that I'm in my nursery here and this young 17 year old, Tom, he finished, he just graduated from high school, got into university, was so anxious he stepped out of it and realised he wanted to pursue his path in plants and nursery and all that sort of thing. And when in the interview, like I put him on straight away, he really won me over and he said, oh, by the way, I suffer from anxiety. And my response was, who doesn't? (laughs) I just thought that was a fact of life, you know what I mean? And I learnt later that he was on anti-anxiety tablets and that sort of scared me a little bit, a young 17-year-old in the prime of their life. And I've had this multiple times with youth in our nursery and that's why we thought it was so important to get you on so we can teach parents that there's and and their youth and their kids their teens that there is another way yeah let's get into it so yeah from what you just said there like yeah anxiety everyone does get it it's it's you know every as a thing i said earlier like every animal on the planet's got a threat detection system you need a certain amount of anxiety it you know, like say if you're going into a sporting match or, you know, even a thing like this, it's natural to have yeah. a few nerves. It means that you you care and yeah, you're a you bit care. excited yeah. about it and so on. Uh, it's just, it's it just comes to a level where it's it's not helpful, you know, and it, it, it's the brain's job, as we've talked about, to show you the possible threats. That's the brain's number one job. So that's the, you know, threat detection. That's what it's doing. So that's natural to get a bit of anxiety about all sorts of things. But it's when you're thinking about the same thing for the 18th time, you know, it, it starts to be not useful. So that's what you've got to keep asking yourself when you're obsessing about things like, is this actually helping right now? And then you've got to learn, and it's a skill, to actually take charge of your focus, take charge of your self-talk, so that you're not doing that, you're not obsessing all the time. And the other, the other part to it is, you know, with um, the person you're talking about, when, when anxiety becomes debilitating, you know, you, you've got, you know, what I'm talking about before, you've got that, that response, that panic response or that anxious response, you know, you might wake up first thing in the morning and you're straight away, you're anxious, you know, your first thought, and then you just go into this internal dialogue about what's coming during the day when it when it gets to that stage like it's it's really something you need to to take charge of yeah and how do we take charge of anxiety like from the the first step well from my from my point of view it's um there's i I try to simplify as much as i can so i break it down to an awareness of what's going on because i think you need that young you've got to understand what's happening in the mind and body to give you those anxiety symptoms before you're ready to actually do anything about it. So what what sort of happens a lot is, I think, is that people get on, you know, they, they'll, they'll Google their anxiety that, or get on YouTube or that sort of thing, and they'll come across some someone that claims to have the answer for it, right? And so then they, 
they watch that video and then they try that thing and then that doesn't work, yeah. right? And so they give that up. That's that's not the answer. And then they keep doing that and eventually nothing works. So they sort of give up because they haven't got the the real understanding of what's happening in their mind and body. So I find once once people really get that, once they understand what's causing it, then they're like, yeah, right, now I'm ready to do something about it, yeah. okay? And then the way I look, the way I go about it, um, which I, I feels a little bit different to what a lot of people are doing is that I'm very systematic in how I do it. So it's not, there's not, you know, like say breathing is one that frustrates a lot of people because that's one that, that you come across on online. Yes. And it's yep. a massive part in taking charge of anxiety because it's it's about, you know, we talked about the sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system. You've got to switch it back to rest and digest from fight or flight. Breathing is a really important part of getting that message to your body that everything's all right and it can switch back. But on its own, it, it's very difficult. Yeah, on its own, like if you've got your your self talk or your focus on everything that's going to go wrong, it's just going to switch straight back. You know what I mean? So it's not. So breathing is not the answer, like the only answer. There's other parts like your self talk, like your focus, like your beliefs, all that sort of thing. And it, and it, so it's a. I, I look at it as, as a piece of the puzzle, and breathing's like a piece of the puzzle. Whereas a lot of people are just given up on breathing because it didn't work you know because they haven't they haven't learned that it's just a part of it does that make sense oh it does yeah, yeah that's right because there is no magic pill and everything is work and if you care enough about yourself and put it yourself number one yeah it's up to these people that are suffering from anxiety to look for coaches like yourself and know that it's just you know it's a series it's maybe a series of a few things doing a few things yeah so it's a to me it's a system like for for starters you know you learn about what's happening in your mind and body then you you take charge of because we're talking about an emotional state so emotional states a bunch of chemicals so what's what creates the release of those chemicals you know that can be done consciously using you know as i said your your physiology your body language your self-talk your focus yes but then you've got to get to what we're talking about before those beliefs, those internal beliefs that are getting triggered. And that's from a subconscious level. That's on the subconscious, subconscious level. level. We so need to break through those limiting beliefs, don't we? Like we yeah, which is what it's, on, yeah. which when you get right down to it, that's what it's all about. It's, it's about what are those beliefs that are getting triggered. And that's where that NLP kicks in. That, that's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Neuro-linguistic pro- yeah, so you got programming. It. It's like plasticine in our brain. We need to change up that's right so you, belief system. yeah you've got a there's a neural pathway that's getting fired off as soon as you know you get triggered you've got to identify what that belief is yes undo that neural pathway and try to create a, a new way of reacting to that situation a new empowering one that will help you move forward yeah that's right and get that on at the subconscious level yes which is yep. what we're so, that's the unknown we're not it's not in our consciousness yes yeah, so when someone mentioned public views. speaking you don't have a panic response it actually it creates a different response like it's a whole different way to to react to things yeah that's excellent so so firstly it's awareness and understanding yep and then you yeah and then you've got an ident- you can identify that limiting belief that's deep in our subconscious yeah so there's first first there's the the, the awareness and then of what's going on then that's the checklist and that's the conscious things that you can do so how to take charge of emotional state and then the second part of that is the unconscious part okay which is your beliefs that's the checklist 
yeah, that's basically how we go about it. Yeah. Yeah, for your system that you yeah, yeah that you teach. Well, that's uh, very clear because we love systems, don't we? Like it helps us have a framework. I'm like that too. I'm really systematic in the way that I approach things. Like, yeah, it surprises a lot of people. But yeah, with, <laughs> with and that's what sort of frustrated me, I suppose, about uh, the way that things were when I was trying to get to the bottom of this you know you go for a session here and there and you might you have a chat and you might get a tool or whatever but then there's no follow-up there's nothing else happens so it's sort of there's no you don't get any momentum toward any toward change and you know and the other thing we've talked about you know and you're just watching little bits piece bits and pieces of information that you find online but you don't get any momentum towards change yeah so I love I love the system. Systems. Yeah, and then people know where they are in that path so they don't lose hope, which is a really important part of it as well. Absolutely. Because once the hope goes, the energy goes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so we, because I'm a big fan of optimism because you get a choice, don't you? You get to choose, you know, the kind, see the good in people, the good in the world, the good in yourself, or you can go the other side and it's that's that's all of that up here. So I think the, Brad and I were just speaking last night for ages, weren't we, Brad? And I just think if I had to find one line from the, the my my most transformational book that I've read, which is Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, yep. we are all gifted. Every single one of us have been gifted with the power over our own mind. We get to choose those thoughts, and that's that internal dialogue that we're saying to ourselves. So choose the thoughts that make you feel good. But I know that's so easily said, but it's not that easy to do, is it, Doc? Yeah, but I think it, I think that's the you got to learn about your mind to, yeah. to have power over it. You've got to understand how it, how works. it works. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I was t- sort of talking about before. This anxiety epidemic is actually the way to get past your anxiety is to learn about your mind and how that's affecting your body and so yes. on. Once you've done that, then you get to what you're talking about, you know, then you can start to use the amazing power of it. Yeah, okay, great. So that's just, yeah, that's yeah, right. So, so like that's, if I haven't done the work you've done, it's, it's a little bit harder <laughs> for me because I haven't, understood that yeah that's why deep down i've just got this i wouldn't call it excitement but there's this optimism about what's coming on the other side of this yes anxiety epidemic because people like you know even you know you said about the role of the footy club like these these young guys are so far advanced than what i was when i was that age you know there's so much more aware of them their emotions and in touch with them so it's you know to me that's that's exciting it is. So we're talking young teenage men or... Teenagers, men? early 20s. Early 20s. So on, yeah. They're just open to so much more stuff to what oh, we yeah. were, yeah. That's where we have to break that cycle because I, my, from my generation, it was like boys don't cry and they, they really bottled their feelings up and their emotions and, you know, they top the statistics in a lot of areas, don't they? Yeah. Uh, men and boys. And uh, it's hugely concerning, you know, anxiety. If we don't take control of anxiety... It, it far worsens, doesn't it? And then, you know. Well, yeah, I think we're on the brink of an expansion in terms of consciousness for sure. And I I really love the systemization of that. And just to kind of couch that in something practical, Doc. Doc. um, What would you say to someone who, for example, suffers a bit of anxiety around social settings? Maybe they're worried about people judging them and you know that reinforces itself in their mind they're thinking that um could you step us through what that might look like with those five stages uh if that was their um what they were experiencing and how that yeah, might okay be. so in that yeah in that situation 
through. We learn you know, they'll have feelings in their body. They'll, they'll know the symptoms and what's 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 happening. Yep. So we just walk through, yep. you know, what's creating that, what, what's creating that chemical change that you can feel in your body, right? So it actually get to know what's what's behind that, you know, what how the wiring, how the program gets set up. So I suppose some of the, an example that might help is that, you know, when you're a little kid and you touch your hand on a hot plate, it's an example I use a lot because everyone seems to get it. So, you know, you burn your hand, you scream, you know, you've got an emotional response to that. But from that, you know, you never touch the hot plate again, right? So that's that's how you, a program is set up. Hot plate means pain, right? Yep. So in your in your friend's case there in, in, in a social setting, at some stage, a social interaction means something to her that's been set up at some stage, that program. So so once you understand that, then we can start to un, unpack it a bit. All right. So then the next thing that, that I do is actually teach how to respond, how to take charge of your emotional state in, the, in that situation. And there's all sorts of things underneath the things I was talking about before. So your physiology, how you use your body, and that includes your breathing and your posture and, um, you know, even your smile and yeah, your eyes and, yeah, everything, you know. Yeah. And then it's your self-talk. So getting to know your self-talk, getting to know, because we've all got this cast of characters in our, in our heads. So, you know, you've got your friend there when she's going to social situations, you know, when she's all nervous and so on before she goes out, she's got a conversation going in her head. So... You got to get to know what that conversation is. Who's that cast of characters? Who's who's in charge at that time, and where did that come from? So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a I've got a I've got a process. Um, I call them meaning questions. It's a series of questions that you ask yourself to take charge, so you can turn that around and take charge of that conversation in your head. All right. So you've got physiology, self talk, and your third one is your focus. So what are you focused on? What what's the mind movie or that that picture you've got in your mind about what's going to happen in that social setting right so you've got to turn you've got to recognize that and turn that picture turn that mind movie into something that that you want and focus on that because with anxiety like we talked about before anxiety is taking mind out into the future and imagining bad things happening right that's what that's the structure of anxiety so you've got to take charge of what that picture is all right so so i'll teach that but that's the conscious part but really, once you once you come down to it, when when you get down to it, it's really you know what what does she believe about herself or about the world, which is creating creating that right. creating that situation. So what what did you say before? She's got she's got nerves around the, so the situation, and in particular around the feeling of being judged by others. Exactly. So why does she feel she's going to get judged by others? Right. What are right. they going to judge? You know, that's your beliefs about yourself and about other people. And that's what's getting triggered. Mm-hmm. So as soon as, you know, it gets to a point where that social situation comes up and in her mind, it's time to get anxious about it. Right. You know, so what's she deciding in order to feel that way about that? What's she deciding about herself? What's she deciding about the situation? And the answer to that question is the belief that's actually getting triggered. So once you once you identify the belief, then you can choose to keep it or you can choose to to change it. Yeah. Yeah, because you find out find out where it comes from and it could be something that's passed down from generation to generation to generation that's just 
or it could be something as a result of a situation that happened when she was a kid or a teenager or whatever it might be. And it's, and she's put meaning on that situation and then that's formed a belief that now is getting triggered. Meaning. Yeah, that's right. Cause meaning. we can change, we attach meaning to things, don't we? So totally, yeah. we just want to change the meaning as well. You, well, you've got to be really yeah. careful what With, meaning you're putting on things. And yeah. I, I suppose when you, when you're a parent of teens, yeah, I think that's a really key thing to keep in mind. Like it's what, you know, that's just what happened to me. What sort of changed my life was just a normal teenage thing when I was 14 years old, but it's the meaning I put on it yeah. that did the damage because then the what meaning you put on it then becomes a belief that you're is wired in you know and then these different uh public speaking things the, the different speeches that, that i told you about that didn't go so well it's the, again it's the meaning i put on that the way that myself talk around that that then created the belief that i'm not a public speaker and then all of a sudden you're in london at a sales meeting you yeah. Fl- yeah, flight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's as far as like with teenagers, it, it's it, just be careful and try to listen and talk to them around the meaning they're putting on the situations that, that happen because it's just, yeah, when I look back, that's a tough age. It's think, a tough you know, age, it, yeah. And that's, um, and it's just it, everything's so confusing and you're putting meaning on things. And if you've got someone to discuss that with, that's such yeah. a massive plus. That's right. They've got to find, yeah, someone like a mentor, a coach, mm. and footy. Like that's another way where they can tap into a coach, and whether it's football or netball or what have you. But I know just from my the chats that I like, I speak to teenagers and youth, like under twenty five, on a regular basis every day, and they're very afraid to step outside their comfort zone, even just to get their first job, which really helps alleviate financial burden and pressure of their parents. Because our channel is we're really about raising financial intelligence, but also yeah. emotional intelligence as well, which it starts with yep. the mind doesn't it so for say a young teen like i know one very well she's 14 turning 15 next month and she is a little bit choosy about where she wants to work because the job opportunities come up but maybe she doesn't like the boss because the boss was a bit full on and you know the plates were too heavy what would you say to a young teen or a parent that's trying to you know encourage their kids to get out in the workforce for example and they are anxious and dark and yeah, they've got that fear of the unknown stepping outside their comfort zone. What would you say to them? I know you've covered a lot already. So is she, is the reason, is anxiety the reason why she's not taking these jobs? I'm not or actually is it... sure. So it's, I guess, it identifying, you know, asking the quality questions, asking her what, what really is underlying why she's not just taking a step to get any job or but it's a stepping stone. I suppose if, if, if it's your comfort zone, if it's anxiety around that, well, what's your comfort zone? Okay. Formed. What are the boundaries of the comfort zone? That's your beliefs about what you're capable of and what the world, you know, whether the world's going to judge you or, you know, that's yeah. your beliefs again. Yeah, yeah. So with with comfort zone, what, you know, because your comfort zone, most people stay in their comfort zone and then their goals and dreams are outside of that. <laughs> when you start heading towards those goals or dreams, yeah, it starts to get difficult. That's where anxiety comes in, you know, because you're hitting your beliefs. Right, yeah. so you've actually got to got to understand that and understand what those beliefs are. But then, eventually, you've got to start nudging the boundaries of that comfort zone back by doing something outside your comfort zone, recognizing you can do that, and then your comfort zone just got bigger. Yeah. Right. Yeah, outstretching it. Yeah, and so you're just nudging it back, nudging it back, and that's how you grow. Yeah. You know, that's that's 
that's growth. And eventually you, you do it enough times and it becomes everything's a, a in your comfort program. zone. Yeah. You've mapped out some new yeah. pathways and you realize, oh, what else can I do now? Yeah. And so, that's really great. So that the comedy that we were talking about earlier, that the reason I'm sort of into that now is because public speaking, I was sort of nudging my way comfort zone. I was doing the Toastmasters and did a couple of public speaking courses. But then it got to the stage where, you know, my comfort zone's getting a little bit bigger. Got to the stage where I saw a comedy course poster on a wall and I was yeah. like, you know, and I tried to ignore it for about three or four months. But then eventually I just knew I had to do it because that was the scariest thing I could ever think of. So I did that and I did a gig in front of about 200 people. But then suddenly, because it's so far out of my comfort zone, once you've done that, your comfort zone's so much bigger and then yeah. everything. So, you know, doing this this morning, for example, all of a sudden is within that comfort zone. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you've expanded it further than what even this one yeah, is. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a teenager, that's a great way of life to actually just be excited about nudging boundaries of your comfort zone because – I'm sure like we can all agree, like when you look back at the your favorite times of your life, it's when you step outside your comfort zone and you prove you can do it. Yeah, you know, whether that's skydiving or whatever it is for people listening, yeah, yeah. whatever it might be, it, it's those are the times you really remember when you get outside your comfort zone, you prove you can do it. And that's just a great way to lot way of life. And if you take that on as a teenager, that's gold. You know? Yeah, and do it every day in all areas of your life. Wow, this is your this will mark your destiny just if you have that mindset of just yeah this is okay to be nervous and we can relabel i've heard simon senek say that we can relabel nervousness anxiousness as excitement yeah well they're very similar they feel very similar in the body so sometimes when you know that that was a really important point for me when i was um getting over my anxiety was just Sometimes, yeah, I was anxious, but sometimes, no, I'm just excited. And it's yeah. just that different different way to look at things actually enables you to to step up a bit. So it releases the same biochemistry. You know? Oh, a lot of it's, it's the same, yeah. Similar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. so much cortisol and just more adrenaline, more adrenaline yeah. testosterone. Yeah. So whatever you do, I mean, even football, so on, you want to play excited. Yeah. That's what, that's the, the state. You don't want to play scared or fearful, but you want to play excited. And it's just it's just a great way to approach anything i think yeah absolutely uh, we if we take on this brad we got to say something yeah well, i just think that's a fantastic message for sure uh just in terms of key takeaways for today i'm thinking it's just come to my attention that this is the second conversation we've had that uh, it comes back to mindset at the end of the day and you can really see the gap between if you've got your mindset uh that's needs to be straightened out uh, how much that can hold you back and how much it can propel you forward once and if you do get that straightened out. So uh, I think being very conscious of that and realizing if there's a mental block, if there's a blind spot, if there's a hurdle there, um, just how important it is to get that resolved so that you can move forward because uh, the world is, there's a lot of opportunity once you push past things that are holding you back. Ali, what would your key takeaway be for today? Well, I just thank you, Doc. Like it's been amazing. I've just learned so much, and that's what we do. And we're here for others. I'm really hoping that our listeners can grasp your your strategies that you've summarised in three steps, which is really great. So it was really great to hear that it's just not one thing that you know, just like the breathing, but also I really loved your your analogy about the comfort zone and stepping outside that and the 
the chemistry that is similar that we release when we're anxious, mm. like suffering from anxiety, could actually be excitement. And, and I think that that is a really great message for our kids to know that stepping outside our comfort zone is where the growth happens. And that's what we're all about, isn't it? We have to grow and develop. And it's a very important topic. So, yeah. Yeah, I just had a quote come to mind. So when you... When you step outside your comfort zone, you tend to be really proud of yourself. And there's a quote from Stuart Brand that I really love. And being proud is the most reliable source of happiness I know. Mm. So that sort of covers off, you know, a lot of the depression we see as well. Like when you're actually living this life outside, you know, pushing the boundaries of your comfort zone, you just you're proud of yourself. And so happiness is a byproduct of that. Happiness is a byproduct of being proud. Thank you. That is beautiful. And because I've been studying the whole parent and kids, I've learned through Josh Ship, who is a youth, a very, I actually traveled over to California, North California, Northern California to meet Josh Ship in person from the Youth Speakers Association um, University. And he says that the, the two most powerful words that we can tell our kids for you parents are listening is I love you and I'm proud of you. Yeah. And those words, oh, I have goosebumps <laughs> from head to toe because I'm just hoping our parents are sharing those most beautiful words, I love you and I'm proud of you with our kids because they can only be the best version of themselves with what they have, what strategies they've been beautiful. taught and given. So, wow, what a beautiful conversation. I've loved it, Doc. Yeah, Thank I've you seen. so, so much. <laughs> You're awesome. Yourself, Jenny. Yeah. And, Doc, where can people go to find out more about overcoming anxiety and more about you? All right, so I've got a website called worldclassfriend.com. Um, there's a lot of information on there. I also run a page on Facebook and Instagram called Taking Charge of Anxiety, where I share a lot of the knowledge that, that I've learned. Uh, so you can jump on there. And I've got a page on Facebook called Damien Murdoch Mindset Coach, where there's anxiety on there, but there's also the work I do uh, in the sporting field as well around peak performance because it's basically all the same stuff. It's being in charge of your emotional state so that you can perform at your best. You know, as we're recording this, the Australian Open's being played. And, oh, yeah. you know, when you watch an event like that, just listen to how much the commentators talk about mindset rather than skill. Mm. It's, it's, it's a mental game and that's what everything is a mental game. So it's just, um, yeah. But, yeah, so Damien Murdoch, Mindset Coach is another page. Yeah, And I run a Facebook page on Facebook page and Instagram page called AFL Coach Quotes too where I take coach, uh, quotes from elite sporting coaches and I sort of relate them back to people's lives so that's uh, you're an AFL fan aren't you I'm yeah. a ju- <laughs> absolutely that's like Victorian <laughs> good on the Victorian go for brilliant well I'll have links to all of those in the description sections thanks everyone for joining us today be sure to follow if you're listening on the audio platforms and subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. See you again Thanks next time. Bye for now. Okay. Bye for now. Thanks, Thanks Doc. Bye.